Yes, thanks for joining us on In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. My name is Jay Clark. Round 16, we're in this weekend. Some massive games ahead. Looking forward to discussing all the big footy topics with this man. Looks a bit like Rex Hunt, proudly brought to you by Shimano. Mm. I reckon you got the fishing shirt, Mac. Did you go for a fly fish this morning? Quick fly fish this morning. Just went down to the river, caught a couple, so some barramundi. I'll cook them up tonight, Jay, you idiot. <laughs> and uh, hello to you, uh, Steve Johnson. Of course, 500 goals, uh, two clubs. Saw two of your great teammates inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame this week. Yeah, very well deserving. Jimmy Bartel and Corey Enright, Ben, absolute stars of the John Footy Club. And I don't think they can. I think it's a bit of a sore point that he's not in there. No, you can't catch Barramundi in Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. I'm not a great fisherman. Brown trout or rainbow trout. Hey, let's talk about you, though, because uh, normally you talk about us two, but you did the big article, the big big expose about the top 100 earners, and there were some big ones in there. So here it is, the highest paid players in football. I believe that this is the highest clicked on article in Herald Sun Sport for the year. It certainly is. The interest and fascination with contracts these days and how much money uh, players are being uh, paid, it's really boom. So all the contract stuff and and trade stuff every year, it does take us a, a couple of months to put together. And I guess now that we've been doing it for five or six years now, some of those longer term deals are really well known, but there's still a few little incentives and clauses which which can trip you up a little bit. So that's the tricky detail. Anyone over the journey really cracked it with you? Like called you out, said, Jay, you got yep. this completely wrong. You're an embarrassment to your profession. Yeah, well, I didn't go with the embarrassment line, but I think Maxi Gorn was quite humorous with his take a couple of years ago where we might have put a little bit of cr- too much cream on the cake. And he said he got a, a phone call from his wife and she said something along the lines of, where are you hiding all your money? So how <laughs> so, much did you have him down for and how much uh, did he say he was earning? We had him at about 800. Yep. And he said that it might have been about 200 um, too much. So that was a few years ago, Brownie, and um, we try and do so a So did he call you directly? No, no, no. So it how do you know he was upset? He was, well, he was on his podcast. Oh. And he was talking about his... He clipped you there. Yeah, basically. But um, it is it is tricky. It is uh, difficult. Yeah. Uh, but the, the phone has been eerily silent this time around. So nobody, you say pretty well, much you got it all right. If you're spot on, there's some players that are running around, Nath, yeah. on far too much money than they deserve. He's yeah. filthy about I it. Had a look, I had a look at that article. Yes. And some of the players that are on between seven hundred and nine hundred thousand dollars and $900,000, yep. it's incredible. You just need to be able to run and kick these days. <laughs> just to run and just a kick. be able to run, yep. break a line and kick the ball. Yep. What, That's what, all you need to do. You don't need to be able to kick goals, win contested possession, be a match winner. You, you can't have your premierships, right, like you blokes did. That's yeah. right. And then say, we're going to take less so everybody can fit in the premierships and then sit there and complain about how much people are earning. No, we well, end up making your money after footy when yes. you win flags. Oh. Well, maybe we, you, you know, maybe yeah. break that sort of... <laughs> Um, Brownie, a couple of weeks ago, he went and spent 48 hours in Perth and he came back with a bulge in his pocket. Like, he was sitting on the Triple M radio chair like that. How big was the fat stack? Well, it was 12.5K in his pocket. And we didn't believe it, but then he pulled it out and it was just this big wad <laughs> of cash. I didn't pull it out. Daisy reached over and grabbed it. It was something from Narcos. Yeah. I, think it was, I think it was a bit more than 12.5, anyway. <laughs> more than 12.5. You did sign a lot of memorabilia that weekend. And your, and your sports talks, your sport, you know, fascinating. We, we love them. Stevie J, hey, time to straighten up. It is time for Are You Sure? Right, Stevie, are you sure Darcy Parrish is more important to Essendon than Mason Redmond? 
Uh, no, I'm not sure about that. I reckon Ooh. Mason Redmond's a pretty important player for them. Uh, a halfback flanker that can beat his opponent, but also equally hurt you with the footy in hand. So uh, they'll be desperate to, uh, to sign him up. I think Darcy Parrish is probably a B-grade midfielder, mm-hmm. capable of being an A-grader on his day, but he sits a rung b- below the, uh, the absolute best. Speaking of pay rises, Mason Redmond is certainly going to get one. Adelaide, very interested. Hey, Nathan Brown, are you sure West Coast should cleanse its salary cap like Collingwood did a couple of years ago? Well, they're different positions. So, no, I don't, because you still need senior players. Even then, Collingwood cleansed, as you call it. Mm. They still had Penderbury. They still had Adams. They still had Darcy Moore. So, we're talking top-end talent at West Coast Eagles, which I'd imagine you're thinking of. So, you still need to be able to keep some senior players to bring those young young players through. Yeah, how well are they going? How, Andrew Gaff, how well is he going? Uh, Andrew Gaff, I would have thought that maybe if they could move him on, he mm. could. But I saw he was in your, t- your top 100 paid players. Mm. I think Luke Shuey, very good player. He'd keep him. Hopefully, you can get Nick Nat Newey back. Dom Sheed, not sure, but there's certainly some players through that midfield that they could get rid of. They'd be trying hard, that's for sure. Hey, Stevie, are you sure Damien Hardwick will be coaching next year? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I think that at some point, the uh, AFL coaches' salaries will sit outside the soft cap, Mm -hmm. and I'd be waiting for that to happen, for him to jump back in, because then he could go from potentially earning, you know, what, 800, 800 to 1.2 million dollars next year. That could go up to two and a half million dollars a year when Ooh. the coach's salary caps uh, salary sit outside the cap. So wait and see for for Damien. Dimmer just uh, waiting for that one. Hey, Nath, are you sure Nathan Rewalt should have made the trip out to Australia to accept his Hall of Fame nomination this week? Nathan Rewalt, Nick Rewalt would be uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So Nick he lives Rewalt. he lives in the states. It is yeah. a long way out. He's just been out to Australia probably a month ago. So I think it's a little bit too much to expect him to come out. He said, I'm going to accept it, but I'll come next year. You've got a problem with that, obviously? No, it's stuffed up his name as Nick Rewald, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe he'll be inducted uh, next year. Well, he You're will right. be. That's, You're that's right. what he accepted. Very good. Hey, Stevie, are you sure Josh Dunkley is the recruit of the year? Uh, he's had a very good year so far, but only time will tell. It's, uh, it's on the Brisbane Lions to stand up when it matters, and that's where we'll see his true worth. Hey, Nath, are you sure Mason Cox is footy's number one agitator? The agitator. <laughs> I like the way Mason goes about it. So I love the fact that when he kicks goals, he's happy to give it. So he's good theatre. He'd be up there, absolutely be up there. Yeah. I think Mason Redmond is yeah. very good at it as well. Tommy um, Papley. Papley's in there. Um, Maynard, for me, I think still the number one. He's very good, especially protecting his man, Nicky Dacos. Hey, Stevie, are you sure Nick Dacos is the smartest player in the game? He's only 20 in his second season. Uh, I am sure about that. And I think Maynard's a bit of false bravado, a bit, bit of bluff about him. I used to play on him a bit. But um, <laughs> Nick Dacos uh, is an absolute star, and he is the most intelligent player in the game already. Forget about Pendlebury. Yep. Dacos, the way that he is able to uh, understand and the, the, the players around him, the time and um, you see the line his creativity. The oh, the through ball with the... I was commentating the game at the time and I had to ask uh, Joey Montagna at the time, did he actually intentionally do that? Mm. And he did. We watched the replay. Yep. Um, and even when he got the 50-metre penalty, so there was a down the ground which went about 30 metres. Mm. He went back to the umpire and said, hang on, if I get a down the ground, I can choose to take the down the ground or a 50 metre penalty from where he was from. He was smart enough to go back and actually talk the umpire into giving him the 50 and then he kicked a, a really important goal. Footy IQ, he has it, that's for sure. Last one, Nath, are you sure Stevie J's 
tip on Toby Green at the start of the season about him winning the Brownlow at 500 to 1 is the AFL bet of the year. No, I'm not sure, Jay, because it has How to... How do you get better than that? 500 to 1? He's well, coming to 30s. Well, it has to win for a start. So he actually has to win the Brownlow to get the bet up. That could be the unbelievable bet of the year. But unless he comes first, yep. it's a waste of time. Okay. He could come second, he could yep. come third, he could come fourth. But mm. if he doesn't win... Yeah. How can it be better the year? I just hope these umpires yes. are taking notes Recognize. of how important 20 possessions and three goals in a really close win is yeah. Yeah. compared to maybe 28, 30 touches. Dacos and Butters will be six votes clear of him. Oh, okay. Very good. Lovely. He missed two games there, but he'll come home with a wet sail. If Giants, as I said, when Giants win, he gets three votes every single time. I've already spent it. Come on, Toby. That has been Are You Sure? <laughs> Big game Friday night at the SCG. It's the Swans versus the Cats. Brownie Geelong, very good last weekend against Melbourne. Do you feel like they've turned it around? Yeah, they were great last week. Defensively, particularly in the last quarter, they got headed at three-quarter time. And then the pressure, the tackle pressure they put on, uh, particularly Atkins and players like that. Yep. Gary Rowan set a lot up and then finished a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So the thing for me with Sydney is they played so well last week. Kicked 200 points, we know that. They played against West Coast. Is it a false economy? Mm. Do they go into this game a little bit softer than what the Cats are going in hard? So... I think Geelong are going to get them up there. I think Geelong are going to start to push towards the top eight. I think Geelong's definitely improved um, and do look like they can be that team that can challenge again in September. But two big outs, Dangerfield and Jeremy Cameron, they're massive outs for Geelong. I, I, I understand uh, the false economy, but I equally think that they can take a lot of confidence out out of that game against West Coast and really take this game on against Geelong. Their midfield with Goulden, Warner, uh, Rowbottom, these guys are just going to keep improving as the season goes on. Is the SCG a ground where you can afford to miss your centre-half forward? So Jeremy Cameron plays basically centre-half forward, Tom Hawkins mm. full forward. Is it a ground that a centre-half forward gets bypassed a bit? Uh, yeah, so, you can. Okay. You can because it's a shorter ground and um, you come out of the centre and you can put it really deep into your forward line, but um, you'd much rather have Jeremy Cameron Absolutely, out yeah. on the ground than not be there. Before we finish, boys, Gary Rowan, underrated or overrated? Where do you sit on Gary Rowan? Um, I rate him. I rate his defensive pressure heavy. Yes, he goes through games and, and bouts of form where he mightn't touch the ball for a while, but you'd have to say he's probably one of the best six, seven, eight possession players mm. in the competition. Yeah, I actually thought that he used to be overrated um, when he was around. at Sydney. I thought that his footy IQ was down uh, the bottom portion of the AFL in terms of his running patterns. And mm. um, he used to uh, chase out a lot, but that was because he was second to the footy. Whereas now um, at Cadenia Park, they play through him a lot. Um, he seems to have improved his forward craft and his finishing skills are as good as anyone's. Match winner against uh, the Demons uh, last weekend. There's no doubt about that. Right, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Brownie, we've got an exclusive interview coming up. You are not going to want to miss it. Plus, your new segment, you're bringing it to the table. That's coming up next on In the Back Pocket. Yes, welcome back to In the Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. Now, 30 years ago, how could you forget? A pig was released out onto the ground at the SCG. A bit of conjecture about who was responsible. Well, uh, let's find out. Take a look at this exclusive interview. First of all, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us. We know how emotional it must be. Um, but why do you feel it's the right time to talk now? Well, it's the 30th anniversary of me running onto the SCG. There is a pig at full forward. I've seen a few conflicting stories over the years out there about what happened. 
I thought this was the time to set the record straight. Okay, so let's get into it. What can you tell us that, that hasn't been told? This is actually the first time I've said anything about this, but the whole thing was my idea. Oh, he's on a lead, he's on a lead. <laughs> so run us through what happened in the lead up to the day. Well, as you can see, I'm not in the, the best shape. I was the first to acknowledge that. I started watching what I ate, started doing daily cardio, and I even went and saw a sports psych because I knew that once I got out there, it was gonna be about the mentality, not the physicality. Extraordinary, and, and on the day, what do you remember? I was obviously pretty nervous as they drew the number four on me, but when you get out there, time really does stand still, and that's what it was like. There are a few blokes who didn't get near me, they were easy pickings. Just drifting into the right, oh, oh, like now then Darren Holmes laid a really good tackle. Some actually say it was the best tackle he laid in his entire career. Oh, oh right tackle. What a magnificent tackle. It's such an iconic AFL moment. You were on every TV broadcast across the country. What was life like after that moment? As you'd expect, Australians love a bit of tall poppy syndrome and I'd say that does translate across to the pig world. A few pigs thought I was a bit too big for my trotters. Do you still get recognised? Yeah, I, I love a Wednesday or Thursday night pot and put in the footy tips and occasionally someone will come up for a beer and offer to shout me and ask for a selfie and I'm not exactly a pig that's going to say no. Finally, there is one thing that we haven't touched on and, and sorry, it is a little bit controversial. You were involved in... No. How do I say... No, 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 no. This is, is there ridiculous. You knew this, this was is. off limits. You are a disgrace to journalism. A disgrace. Not bad few gags. <laughs> There's a couple of gags. Two bigs for his trotters, I like yeah. that. Who was that weird bloke that came in at the end? It's uh, only you. Yeah. Do we know? We're who a hard man, was he? Yeah, who, who do we know? Do we get some clarity on who released the pig in the it end? It was Metalback. Okay. 100%. Yeah. He's told me to my face about three or four times. Why did they He's do told it? me exactly how he'd done it, yeah. smuggled it in in his footy bag. Yeah. Otherwise, how could you smuggle a pig into the into the SCG. I'm not sure. Like if you're a general patron, they check your bags. Whereas the footy players, did they check your bags back straight then? Straight in, in the footy bag, put him to sleep with some sedatives, and then rolled him out at quarter time of the seniors. Was sedating a pig up <laughs> they in They sedated right? the pig. It wasn't me. In Sydney. And then they released him mm. uh, at about quarter time. And he didn't wake up until about three-quarter time. They, they were waiting for the pig to run out. It's just snoozing on the boundary line. <laughs> like liniment underneath the, <laughs> underneath the side. Anyway, we need to move on. Um, that was very interesting. Hey, we got this is quite timely because, um, Brownie, some of your new segment ideas, <laughs> some of them have gone well, some of them have, um, have sort of fizzled out a little bit. But you come up with this one throughout the week. Bacon or egg, tell us about it. Well, the bacon or the egg. So are you committed? So when you have bacon and eggs, it's yeah. a great meal. So the pig is committed. So we've just seen the pig. So mm. you've got to be committed because you die. You die for your cause to have the good bacon and eggs. Where right. the egg part of it is you're sort of a bystander in the whole process, aren't it's you? softer. You, you crack the egg. You still look nice and <laughs> yellow and white. So quite pretty. But uh-huh. the bystanders, they don't get anything done. So the bacon is the hero. So okay. Are you a bacon yeah. or an egg as an AFL player? Yeah. And we're not sure about this just yet. So we haven't gone with, we're not committing fully. We've got no stinger. Yeah. So we need, this is a big test for so the So don't signal. take offence to an AFL player if you are a bacon or an egg. You just you take it on board mm-hmm. as feedback and get mm-hmm. better. What but you got? bacon, first of all, yeah. Collingwood, 
Braden Maynard. Yep. Now, I think he is as committed as any player. Mm-hmm. I think if you'd have to stop Braden Maynard, you'd almost have to kill him to stop him yep. because he is that hard. Yeah, Stevie, He's a player Stevie. you want to play with. Stevie thinks he'd like, he can fight him, but no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'd fight so, him. So, Braden Maynard. So, he's my first nomination. Yes. And the egg, I think Jaden Stevenson just around the edges of the egg at the moment. You right. need to get a little bit better, Jaden, right. okay? Just a bit tougher in the contest. My bacon uh, is Johnny Noble. Um, yes. You see his two late tackles in the win over Adelaide late, crucial. You know, it doesn't get the big bucks, Johnny Noble, but he stood up for his team when it counted. The egg, I think, the West Coast midfield collectively. A big sort of egg. Omelette. Scrambled. Yes, a big omelette. Yes, a scrambled egg uh, dish. They've been... What do you uh, got? Anything? Well, I wasn't privy to the bacon and egg. Oh, uh, okay. But right I'll bring okay. one next yeah. week. Or okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I like come. it. I'll I, th- come. I think yeah. this might be a segment which will survive. Um, time, speaking of segments surviving, this has been all the way through. It is time for Stevie, yay or nay. Okay, is Adelaide the real deal? Yes. Love what they did against Collingwood. Mm. Very unlucky not to win the game. Jordan Dawson should have been given a free kick, mm. uh, which would have been a kick after the siren, which he would have kicked to win a massive game against the top team. Stevie, should Eddie Betts be on the All-Australian Committee? No. Oh. No, my understanding is Eddie doesn't watch a lot of footy. So um, if you're an All-Australian selector, you should be watching every single game. Whew, strong. Lee Montagna has taken over Kingy as the best stats analyst. Yeah, uh, Joey's fresher out of the game, um, got a great understanding of footy, so he's surpassed David King as the best analyst Steve, in the AFL. Stevie, you asked for this one. Should you run threes in local cricket? Uh, I run threes in if I play local foot, uh, cricket because I need to get every run I can possibly get, but apparently it's frowned upon, so um, you should only run twos. But I didn't get the memo when I played a local game recently. You need to get those extra ones in there. Um, the petrol station attendant gets upset if you don't know your <laughs> yes. Bowser number. Yes. yes. Yeah, I always find when I fill my um, car up, I fill it up, I'm at the Bowser for you know a good minute, filling it up, and then every time when I walk into the servo and about to pay, I have to turn around and go, oh, Seven. yeah, Bowser 12. Mm. I always, I just never check it. Stevie, you will be Geelong's next entrant in the AFA Hall of Fame. Uh, oh. No, I don't think so. I, I, didn't get the call I didn't get the call up this year, so I uh, might <laughs> too, have to wait for Andrew Mackey and Tommy Lonigan and these guys. Too humble. That has been Stevie's yay or nay. Yes, time now to turn our attention to the Essendon versus Port Adelaide game. It is at the MCG on Saturday night. The Bombers, Brownie, just sitting inside the eight, four points inside the eight. Do you believe that they're going to be a, a finals um, participant this year? They were disappointing last week. They've got some games where they can win and make the finals. So I think they might scrape in. But yep. last week they started so well against Fremantle. So they, I think they dominated the first 12 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and they didn't put the score on the board. Scoreboard pressure so important. They come up against a side that's won 11 in a row. Now, Port Adelaide have been outstanding. Two games this year, so they don't play at the MCG too often. They beat Richmond in a low-scoring die contest. And you go back to round two, they got smashed by Collingwood, where everybody wanted to talk about Ken Inkley mm. losing his job. A lot has changed since then. There are different outfits since then. Uh, the width of the ground, does that concern them? Because Adelaide Oval isn't a wide ground. Mm. 
Um, I want to give the Bombers one more chance, but I just can't see them beating Port. I think Port are going to be too strong. Yeah, I think uh, I think the questions are still on Essendon against the top teams in the competition, and this Port Adelaide uh, unit is in rare form right at the moment. I think uh, Butters and Rosie and these guys will enjoy coming to the MCG. It should be a good crowd. Um, and a big test because they need to keep this momentum going mm. if they want to be a top four uh, team at the end of the season. How important is the MCG? We've seen Brisbane really struggle there over the journey. Will Port Adelaide look at this and Ken Hinckley and the crew look at it as a test knowing that what could be ahead at the pointy end of the Absolutely. season? Absolutely. They know if they continue to win, they're going to get two home finals. Still got to win the big one at the MCG. So mm. I think where clubs get found out at the MCG don't play there too often is the width of the ground. It yeah. is so easy to get through a defensive press. If you don't have your defensive press bang on at the MCG. There's so much room to go, 45 degrees sideways, and then get out over the top. So Adelaide, Adelaide skinnier, mm. Brisbane, Gabba, skinnier, yep. Marvel, skinnier as well. Mm. Yeah, they've got to be prepared to actually still play through the corridor at the MCG. Uh, because that's where they're extremely dangerous with the footy in hand. They uh, they like to slingshot. They like to play quick, aggressive footy through the corridor. And uh, when you can get to the get to the MCG, sometimes you can think, oh, we can, I can get an easy kick out here, or I can mm. go out here, and we can move the ball around them. But um, there's still plenty of room to go straight through the corridor and be aggressive. Um, at the G. Well, if the Bombers are going to make finals, you think this is an important game for them and potentially four points they need to pocket. Right, coming up next, we're going to talk some cricket, some Barmy Army slash uh, footy chance. Some sing-alongs. Some sing-alongs. Yours is outstanding. Uh, Brownie, and of course, um, we've got, in my opinion, we're going to be talking the Coleman medal. That's coming up next on In the Back Pocket. Yes, welcome back to In The Back Pocket. Look, Brownie, I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time sleeping out on the couch at the yeah. moment with the ashes on. Love it. Fascinating uh, viewing. Good time slot, isn't it? Yeah, good. You switch, you switch from the footy to the cricket. Yeah. Did you play with any talented crickers in your footy teams back in the Brit day? Brett Deledio had to choose from playing cricket and footy when he was maybe 14 or 15. He quick. He could bowl 140 and move them Heat. as well. So I think Brett Deledio could have gone all the way in cricket. Mm, what about you, Stevie? Jimmy Bartel uh, was very good. Bartel was very good. Cameron Ling was very good. Andrew Mackey, mm. Josh Hunt, mm -hmm. very Liam talented Pickering. cricketers. Liam Pickering wasn't a teammate of mine. He actually well, played in the 90s. You. Craig Bradley uh, played first for Carlton. Great effort. In Premier Cricket. To do B Billy Brownless played first grade hey. cricket. Yeah. So we're in a bit of a cricket mood. Yeah, cricket mood. So what I loved is the Barmy Army, and I love the chance they get going, and this is the one they had with Steve Smith. We cry on the telly. So we cry on the telly. So that's great. I love yes. that sort of stuff. Have you got one? So I've asked you blokes to come up with an AFL chant. So yep. I'm going to go first. And you can't speak these chants, all right? You have to actually sing them because they I don't work sing. if you speak them. But we know that. I can't sing either. <laughs> I'm worried So um, can't take my eyes off of you by yep. Lauren Hill. It's, it's been a, a, a few versions of it. But mm -hmm. this one's about Dustin Martin. So okay. Okay. Go. Go oh, Dustin Martin, you are the love of my life, Dustin Martin. Oh, yeah, you've been in some stripe, <laughs> Dustin Martin. I want to neck tattoo too. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well done, mate. You have had a bit of practice uh, with this thing. Oh, what do you show? Here you go, Stevie. Uh, mine's pretty short. I'm not sure who sings the song, but mm -hmm. let's get led. Let's get led. <laughs> let's get Rory led. 
Rory Laird. Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Let's get loud. <clears throat> now, I've got a feeling this could be the last thing I ever do on television, so we may as well go out the bank, Brandon. You know the song Kokomo? You know, Bermuda. That's one of my favourite songs. What a Beach Boys is my yeah, favourite band. Watch well, no record. I changed this to, instead of Kokomo, Filippo, right? So let's see how this goes. Matthias Filippo. Matthias Filippo, right? The future, St Kilda, oh, I want to see ya. Mitch Owens, Wynn Hager, Wanganin Malira, Jade Gresham, don't go. Baby, I believe in Matthias <laughs> Filippo. We'll get there fast. He's got his own microphone. Slow. <laughs> Sing it with me, Brownie. <laughs> September's where I want to go. With Matthias Filippo. <laughs> That's good. Well done. No. If you're going to have a crack at it. That's horrendous. If you're going to have a crack at it. That is the last thing he's ever doing on TV. You gave it everything. You gave it everything. You might I like, I like the commitment. Yes. Yeah. He was the bacon. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Well, it's been fun on this show. I think it could be my last episode. Um, it is time for something for myself, in my opinion. <clears throat> Rightio, the common metal race is as even and as interesting. I like this. Yeah. I like this strong opinion thing. It has been, uh, this is really tough. We've got Harry Mackay up there, Taylor Walker, your mate Stevie. It's been absolutely on fire. Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron. Look, they're all up there. There's the sports bet odds, of course. But can I try and tip you into Toby Green? And this is why, if he doesn't win it, I think at $8.50, a top three chance is absolutely outstanding value because when you, he's had that, that ankle for three weeks out. And so his average is three goals a game. Now that's equal second in the competition. Mm. Um, so, and if you look at their run home, the Giants, their draw after Melbourne this weekend really opens up. They play Hawthorne, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Sydney, Port Adelaide, Essendon, and then Carlton. So I think that the GWS can fly home, win some games, and Toby Green could fill his boots right. and surge up that Coleman medal leaderboard. So. Look, if he wins it, that would be absolutely enormous. I think top three at $8.50 is uh, absolutely great value. If he can stay on the puck, how is that ankle, to, uh, Stevie? Do you know? Uh, it's feeling good. He's fine. But um, he is a little bit too unselfish as well. So those key forwards, they're always going to be parked in the area where the footy's going to come. Toby, uh, at times, will... Uh, work out which opponent he has. He'll either take them deep and try and score goals or he'll go and use his endurance to get up the ground and create goals for others. So if he was more of a selfish player, mm. I'd have him as uh, one of the Coleman medal favourites. So when I look at the word opinion, yeah. I feel like there's just going to be a strong opinion. Oh, I think that, he... was, that was more a prediction. Yes, an opinion That's prediction. Really... Oh, I th it's I th a, it's I think... a prediction. You... you, you, you... You're my, leading my people opinion, into something. I, th I think he is going to give this Coleman medal race an absolute shake. Jeremy Cameron with a sore shoulder. Is it a prediction or an sure. opinion, though? I think it's an opinion-y uh, prediction, and it's been a good one. I look forward to yours next week, Brownie, on In My Opinion. <clears throat> Yes, come on, Toby. We're big fans of you here on In the Back Pocket. Hey, what about Hawthorne Carlton this weekend? Stevie, I want to go to you first. The Blues very good against Gold Coast a fortnight ago. The bye, teams have struggled off the bye. They're coming up against Hawthorne. Do you think Sam Mitchell's men are a chance of an upset? I think they are a chance of an upset. I think they can really take this game on against Carlton, who we know are a little bit suspect. Carlton, this is a game that they, they should win. Have like, to. I mean, they've got the talent on the list. We know that they've underperformed, but this is a game they should go in and really dominate but Hawthorne are dangerous like when they get their game going in that slingshot sort of ball movement off their half back line they're going to be missing Sicily uh, but 
they are capable yeah. on their day Beat of, of beating a team like Carlton. Yeah, that's the thing for me. Sicily is a massive out. I'm a huge Hawthorne fan and what yeah. they're building. Yeah. I think Sam Mitchell is great. He's going to be a genius coach. I love the fact that they've got Will Day and also uh, Mitch Lewis and they're going to be superstars. But without James Sicily, I can't tip them. And they've got money in the bank from a salary cap perspective. In two years, Hawthorne be ready to make a big play to add to this young drafting talent. Right, how did we go with the $100 play last week? Now, pretty ordinary last week for me. Uh, I lost last week. I took uh, Melbourne, also took Essendon, so pretty disappointed. Tom Papley didn't <laughs> Can kick you two. believe this? <laughs> Tom Papley is... He's lucky he didn't get a Malcolm this week. <laughs> They've kicked 31 goals. Yes, yes. And he couldn't kick two. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> that, is that, that is horrendous. He was, he was unselfish. <laughs> The, the umpire should have paid him a free kick right in front of goal for a front on contact. I don't know how he didn't. I think he felt um, sorry for the West Coast Eagles. <laughs> that would have put me about 800 up. Mm. All right, let's have a look at my bet this week. And Adelaide kicks us off. I think Adelaide win by uh, 40 plus against the North Melbourne Footy Club. Liberatore 25 plus, Brayshaw, Sarong 25 plus. They're all in the same game. And then Dawson and also Laird. I don't think North Melbourne tagged too often, so mm. those two should get a fair bit. Gets to 522. What do you think, Stevie? And clearly, I was disappointed with last week. So I've got uh, says actually this goes over two pages, so my apologies to her who puts this together. Mm. Charlie Cameron for 2+, plus, Neil 25, Papley anytime. Mm. Well, he'll kick a goal. Chad Warner 20+, plus, Adelaide head-to-head, Jordan mm. Dawson 25+, plus, and we roll over the page. Cody Waitman in yep. great form, he'll kick a goal. Nick Dacos just gets 25 every week. Marshall, uh, very good uh, for one or two goals per game and Sam well, Walsh just The more legs you have, the more unlikely it is. Very good. Uh, yeah, but they're pretty short. But mm. that's uh, what they end up paying a bit over five bucks. I'm yeah. pretty confident. I've done my work. Well done. We're we gonna sing next week, Randy, or we're we just gonna give that a little break for a bit. Uh, I didn't mind the singing. I like the fact that you gave it everything. Okay, that was good. Yeah. Thank you. Well, if this is my last show and in the back pocket, it's been a joy. Thanks so much for joining us. You'll see these two boys next week. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.